Happy New Year. Happy Day of Epiphany. Happy to me. I'm celebrating the 100th episode of the Let's Be Real podcast. Although, so here in all transparency, apparently this is 101. I was going to make these plans like, oh, I should do something cool, fun, and exciting for my 100th episode. It'll be in the new year. I can do this and this and that. And then after my last episode, I got an email from my podcast host platform that said, hey, congratulations on your 100th episode. I was like, what? And realized my very first one wasn't numbered. Hmm. So when I hit 99, I actually hit 100. I was like, well, there goes that anticlimactic. It's like, ah, that's probably okay. Probably don't need to celebrate achievements anyway. Just keep going. Anybody out there feel like they are just trying to keep going? And all the things. And here we're walking into 2023 and it's so easy to be like, yeah, new year, new me. And I saw so many funny memes about, I just bought the magic notebook and planner that's going to make 2023 my best year. And then I saw other memes like, I bought it and now I'm just going to look at it because it's too nice to write in and it's just going to be the same year as any other year. Like, okay, that's funny. Because it's true. I'm like, ooh, yeah, let's find a new planner as if that's going to do anything. I do get excited about putting up a new calendar in my home. I do have a family paper calendar on the wall. How many others still do that? I do. Otherwise, nobody has any idea what's going on. However, there's the curse of the calendar on your phone too. I will so often be out and about and making appointments and put things in my phone, then fail to put them on the home calendar and vice versa, and then I end up missing anything anyway. I was like, gosh darn it. I have a new calendar. (laughs) I still can't keep anything straight. And then I'm like, hmm, girl, when will you get your act together? Who's asked themselves that lately? I know it's not just me. It has me. That whole thought is what helped me pick out my word for 2023. For a long time, I didn't do a word. I kind of thought they were weird. I didn't really get it. And I'll be honest, I'd like pick a word and think about it for a couple of months and then it just goes away and it becomes another word. So we'll see how it works this year. But before we get into my word, my goal and hope for 2023, I want to finish up. We didn't actually finish the Advent season. Nah, I was should have, but like the rest of the world between Christmas and New Year, got sick. So had no voice, um, could have talked, but would have been like editing out coughing fits every three seconds. So for those of you still struggling with the never-ending scratchy throat that only makes you cough 24-7 and it never seems to die, I'm sorry, I'm with you, I'm beyond that, but now just have the like deeper manly voice as it all is healing. So prayers to everyone to get healthy. Go take your vitamin C, lots of D's and your elderberry and all the things, right? There's so many and I just chug it all. Like, ah, it can't hurt, right? I mean, it might. Don't tell me if it does, but... I just keep trying. So the fourth week of Advent that we didn't actually get to is the week of love. We went through hope, peace, joy. Last episode, I talked about how joy was actually one of the harder ones for us as a group to really resonate with. But then you get to finish out the season with love and just focusing on the Advent season. Jesus coming incarnate as the greatest act of love. And what a perfect picture for us to understand or attempt to begin to understand what love really is, how deep it really is, how huge it is that God is the originator of love. He is the standard of love, and he shows us what it means to love. 1 John 4, 9, God's love was revealed among us in this way. 
God sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. His love came with a purpose. That purpose is for us to live with him and through him. God chose to create a world to display the wonders of his love. The ocean, the stars, the animals, all the trees. So many people will say, oh, I just feel closest to God in nature. I actually think all of us would feel that way if we stopped and paid attention because that is where we are just in and surrounded by the wonders of God and his creativity and his power. But don't miss the fact that we are part of that creation. We are part of his most magnificent creation in the form of mankind. God created us in love also to reflect him and to know him. I mean, from the beginning of time on earth as mankind, we're here because of and in God's love to know him and to reflect him. In him creating us and him knowing us, he's the only one who can actually know the depth of our flaws. Yay, right? And he knows them in full detail, but he still looks on us in joy and delight. Love is best displayed as how God expresses it. Do you find it difficult at times to one, love yourself, and two, love others in this fashion? To know, to see the flaws, the failures, and the struggles of ourselves, of others, of those closest in our lives that hurt us, and to still look on them, still look on yourself with joy and delight, simply because we know that they're created by the God who loves us. And he loves us so much that he cannot leave us where we are and how we are. As believers, we go through this process of sanctification, the justification, right? That's the salvation that's coming to know and understanding and believing the saving grace of what Jesus did for us, right? That's justification. That's becoming saved. That's this one-time decision, and acceptance. And then we go through the rest of our lives in a process of sanctification, becoming more and more and more like him. God's love continues to spur us on throughout our life to become more like him and to love more like he does. And it's hard and it can be complicated. And some days you don't feel like it, but we have to do it anyway. There really is no other story of love like the love of God for his people. I don't have time to go through the whole story and just tracking God's love for his people from the beginning of Genesis all the way through the Old Testament. I mean, we see him set apart a people for himself to worship him, to love him, to bring him glory, to be in relationship with one another. The Israelites, let me see them screw up and go back and go forth. They go to Egypt. They're enslaved there. They're brought out by Moses through the Red Sea. They wander in the wilderness before going to the promised land where God has intended for them to be. Jesus incarnate comes at Advent, and we see him follow the same pattern. When Mary and Joseph have to pick him up and flee Herod, they go to Egypt so that the prophecy can then be fulfilled that Jesus comes up out of Egypt, just like his Israelite people did, He crosses, he comes up out of the water, symbolizing his baptism by John the Baptist, then immediately goes wandering in the wilderness where he's tempted and he's doing all of the same things that his people have had to go through and yet he can do it 
in righteousness and faithfulness. This is the plan so that God can bestow his love on us by being that perfect savior and able to go through all of the things that we have ever gone through and do it flawlessly and perfectly. We find ourselves responding in ways that Israel responded to God, right? God's our creator. He's given us life and all that we need. Our response should only be heart-filled worship and awe of who he is and what he's done. But we too try to go our own way, just like we saw the Israelites do over and over and over all through the Old Testament. We try to find love and care in other things of this world. And even so, God does not forget us. In love, he is patient. He's ready to forgive. His redemptive plan remains to restore his relationship with his children. It's love that moved the Father to send his one and only begotten Son to redeem us from our sin. It's love that moved the Son to set aside his heavenly glory so that he could give his life to save us. Love is sacrificial. The English language, we have boiled down this word love into one word. There are so many meanings and words and kinds of love out there that it can make it challenging to really dig into, fully understand the depth of God's love for us with our language. We have oversimplified love and we have tried to define love and hijack the word love to make it mean a lot of different things. But what it means here, biblically, in this Advent season is talking about a sacrificial love that came to do anything and everything to put us above him. Hesed is a word in Hebrew that's talking about like this full encompassing of the character of God. To show what it actually looks like in this life to love how God loves. We see it in the story of the book of Ruth and how Boaz projects and acts in Hesed to Ruth over and over and over. It is a constant and continual putting others' needs above your own treating others more highly than yourself. This is the sacrificial love that God came, that he did, that he acted in, that he is. It is his character, and that is what we see at this Advent season, this last of the four candles, the love candle. How are we doing with love? (laughs) Loving ourselves, loving other people. I mean, I know we talk about it. We talk a lot about Things in our culture right now about how we love ourselves and love others and self-care, self-love. I'm going to challenge us all as we head into 2023 to really reflect on what this culture tells us about love and what does that look like in comparison to biblical love. And if you don't have a full picture and you're like, I don't know enough about biblical love, Erica, this was a really short podcast, make it your goal this year. Study love, God's love, biblical love. What? does it mean? What does it look like? How do we live that out in this life? And then as you learn more about what that is, start comparing it to the culture in which we live. How has the word love been used inappropriately? How have we changed the definition of love? How well do I do loving? Okay, some of you may not like me for this. (laughs) But we have such a craze in in our culture right now over boundaries. I've never been a fan of the book Boundaries, and I'll be honest, I didn't finish it. It's probably got some really great stuff in it. I started it, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is the most self-centered thing. I can't do it anymore, and I stopped. I have had others who have read it and enjoy it and have 
put into practice many, many of the things in the book and have accepted that there's probably a lot of really great wisdom in there based on what I've heard and what people have learned. I'm like, okay, okay, I'll calm myself down, but I'm still not going to read it. Now, there is a new book about biblical boundaries out by a very popular author who I happened to go hear speak on her book, like promo tour. And I was listening going, this doesn't sound right to me. This doesn't sound like biblical love. This doesn't sound like putting others more highly than myself. And I know you're like, um, I cannot love from an empty cup. No, you can't. However, who fills that cup? You or God? I saw a t-shirt online yesterday that I want to buy so bad, but I'm in a spending freeze because, you know, Christmas. And it says self-care tip. And underneath it says, read your Bible. It's kind of haha funny. I think it would offend some people who are all about the self-care stuff, but it's true. We can't fill our own cup. We can focus on our health and our rest. Um, we're supposed to operate out of a place of rest, taking care of ourselves and being good stewards of our body and of our schedules. All of those are good, real, important, and I value them. I am not saying that we don't do any of those. I'm saying the motive behind everything matters. The motive behind the movements in this culture matter. Is the movement behind boundaries biblical? I don't know. I'm going to read this other book that I referenced. I'm not even going to name it yet. I'll read it at some point, and I'll come back and I'll give a book review because while it claims to be biblical, I have a feeling, based on what I heard from the author's mouth, it's not so much. But probably a bit self-centered, masked in, this is how I can love others by loving me first. Well, I'll be honest. I don't know how much loving of me I need to work on because that's what comes natural. Just saying, newsflash, uh, selfish beings. And it's real easy to focus on ourselves <laughs> and love ourselves. Um, okay, I'm probably making a lot of you irritated. Happy New Year. But it's true. And here, let's be real. It's about being honest with ourselves, telling ourselves the truth. I read a quote this morning. Integrity is being honest with ourselves. Honesty is telling that to others. So as we head into this new year, I challenge, I encourage you, learn about truth. Learn about love, God's love. Meditate on what that is and keep your eyes wide open to the world around you in where you see biblical love or hijacked love. And then keep your eyes open and your heart tender to the areas in your life where maybe it's not biblical love that reigns. And it's not always our fault. We live in Babylon, people. <laughs> it is a lot of work to distinguish cultural lies versus the truth of God's word. So Christmas has ended. We have made it through. Today is, like I said, the day of epiphany. I didn't know that until I looked at the calendar this morning. The day of epiphany marks the 12th day of Christmas. Doesn't mean much to me because I've never even paid attention to, wait, why do we celebrate 12 days of Christmas? Because I don't, but people do, they. But Epiphany is really the celebration and the remembrance of the three wise men, the magi, the aristocrats, whatever you'd like to call them, coming to see Jesus. And it marks the celebration of that. And I didn't know, but apparently people eat like king's cake today. I'm like, oh, that's permission to go buy a cake. And... Then also take down their Christmas decorations. I was like, oh, is that when you're actually supposed to? Is there a rule? There's not a rule. But 
I took mine down yesterday, so I feel like I'm pretty close. So we've made it through Christmas. We've made it through Advent. Everyone survived, maybe some more graciously than others. Some of you might be completely exhausted, and some of you might be totally energized for the new year, like, yes, let's go. I am still motivated because it is only the 6th of January, and I'm going to make my resolutions happen this year. I pray that you do. I pray that they are worthwhile, worthy, godly resolutions, and I pray that you do. So my word for the year is focus. I saw a meme that somebody posted on their story forever ago, and I I screenshot it. I screenshot a lot of things, and I save them on my phone. I'm like, okay, I'm going to come back to this at some point, and I'm going to use it for a topic or this and that. The problem is then I have a phone full of screenshots, and I can never find the one that I need when I need it. Well, I finally found it this morning. Reading it like six months ago on somebody's story, it has had an impact in my brain that I cannot let go. I was like, you know what? That's going to be my word then this year, focus, because I'm really hard on myself, like really hard on myself. It's probably stupid. Well, I know it's stupid, but I set very high standards and then they're too high and then I beat myself up because I don't even get anywhere near them because they're so high that I don't even try because then I'm already defeated. Like, oh my gosh, Erica is messed up. So then I'm always beating myself up like, girl, why do you not have any discipline? Like you just can't stay disciplined with anything. What is going on? Then comes in this quote. It says, you didn't lose your motivation. You lost your focus on what you're fighting for. And when I read that, I was like, ah, that's it. It's not that I don't have discipline or that I just lost motivation. It's I'm no longer focusing on why and what I am striving and fighting for. I lose my focus. and I look at other things and get distracted by this and that. And then there goes any sort of motivation or discipline at all. So, This year, I'm like, Erica, keep your eyes focused on what it is that you're doing, where you're going, where you feel God has called you. Like, focus on those things and stop getting distracted or purposefully distracting yourself out of a fear of failure. Just find something else to do to, you know, get something done and lose your focus. I wonder if anyone can relate. (laughs) Uh, I think people can because New Year's last year, the episode that my friend and Jessica and I did was called buffering and it's really this whole art of uh, distraction and doing something else to avoid doing the thing that you're supposed to do so this year 2023 my goal is to focus to focus on the calling that God has in front of me to focus on some of the goals that I have physical health that that I need that I need to stay focused on that because as I'm continually reminded by the feelings of the health of my body and others like, hey, you do need a body. This was given to you as a gift in order to use it to go serve God. It was like, true story. I need to give it maybe a little bit more attention. Focus in learning, focusing on God. I completed, you guys, for the first time ever, a read the Bible through the year plan. I'm so excited. 2022, finished early. I think I finished on December 27th. I was like, yes, but then it was over. I was like, oh, what do I do tomorrow? So to focus now on not just reading through so quickly, but to sit with passages, sit and get to know God better in the pages that I just went through really quickly. To focus on education. You can't keep teaching and coming and bringing information when you're not learning. So I start school next week. 
I'm going back for a master's of biblical studies and I can't wait. I'm super excited. So quite honestly, I don't know what that means for this podcast. I don't know how much time school is going to take. I don't know how much brain power it's going to take out of this old brain and what this means for the future of this podcast. And if we're, you know, clear, it's not like I've been super consistent anyway, but to be able to keep focused on what is ahead of me in learning and education and Lord willing, still continually coming back to join all of you here on the podcast. I pray for focus for you this year on the goals, the word, achievements, whatever tasks you have set before you. I pray for your focus on those as well as you head into 2023. And I pray that you are able to sit and meditate on the love of God this year and just keep your eyes wide open to it everywhere you look and begin to see the difference between how we look for love and culture and how often we sit in the love of God at the feet of Jesus. Happy New Year, everybody. 